That feeling of getting drunk on food, it doesn't look like it, but I don't get to that state. As much as I know that 12-step recovery works, I know ayahuasca is a next-level works. I literally had witnessed a miracle. It reprogrammed my brain. I would be looking for her, okay? And then at some point, she'd show up. You needed to go through everything you went through first. We were all either put in front of a television set and got programmed. We were there put in churches or synagogues or wherever. The invitation to do plant medicine is not just to heal and get these amazing downloads and get guidance. What I just witnessed is undeniable proof that this works. Welcome to the In Search of More podcast. I am your host, Ellie Nash. Join me weekly on my quest for more. More from myself and more from this world. We'll see you on the other side. In Search of More podcast, I'm sitting here with Omar Pinto. Longtime friend, coach, friend before coach. So Omar, um, let's talk a little bit how we met. It's not your first time on the on the show. We have an episode on guilt. Forgive me for my guilt. We have an episode on um, coaching versus therapy. That was a popular one. A lot of people uh, let me know that that spoke to them. Maybe if you even got a couple clients from the coaching. We could potentially, potentially, <laughs> could yes. Be. Me. I'm waiting for the typically com- happens. <laughs> I'm waiting for the commission check. I will take it in Costa Rican funny money. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so we actually met because I was interviewed on your podcast at that point in time. Um, I was solidly in, um, a 12 step fellowship as was I, as were you. And uh, since then, your journey has taken you uh, maybe a little bit away from that. And your your podcast also was on recovery, one of the most popular podcasts on recovery. Yes. The Share Podcast, Sharing Helps Addicts in Recovery, mm-hmm. which you no longer have anymore. Uh, it's still out there. You know, you can still, um, if you were to Google the Share Podcast, it's available still on all your, you know, podcast applications. So it's it's still out. It's still available, right? right but you're not doing anything. You're not no, recording I'm not currently episodes. recording podcasts anymore. You've moved away from that. I just haven't had the time, you know, and it's and it's served its purpose. So tell us what's happened in the last few years. Okay. So, um, like you said, we met on on the Share Recovery podcast, which I started in 2015. Uh, I launched it in 2015. Um, with no plan, I had no idea what I was going to do with the podcast. I was steeped very heavily in 12 steps. Um, when did you start your journey in the 12 steps? I started my journey in 12 steps, 2003. So, um, 12 years in, you start this podcast. May 26, May 26, 2003, um, was my last drink, drug, anything. And that lasted for 17 years. So I was, I was in that journey for 17 years. Um, most of my coaching, uh, I, I would attribute my ability to coach people and, and help people came through over a decade. I would say close to 15 years of sponsoring, of sponsoring men in 12 steps. How many people would you estimate you sponsored in the 12 steps? I couldn't tell you. Um, guys that I got completely through the steps, I would say... I don't know, between maybe 10 and 20, okay? But sponsored probably hundreds of guys, okay? They could be, they come in and out and you get 
guys that are like, can you sponsor me? You're probably working with addicts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you sponsor me? And, and I'd say yes. And we worked together for a little bit, if that, and then, you know, they, they would disappear. Okay. Um, but anyway, that's, that's how I got started. I got started in 12 steps. Um, I would say that my foundation, uh, for personal development started there. Um, and then fast forward into me getting married. I met my wife when I was 10 years sober and my wife heavy into personal development. Okay. So yoga, Reiki, uh, some of you don't know what Reiki is. Reiki is energy healing work, right? Um, acupressure, you name it. Okay. And she took a course at IIN International Institute of Nutrition to become a wellness coach. Meanwhile, I'm in 12 steps, just, <laughs> just recording, you know, just kind of doing my thing. I'd started the podcasts uh, a couple years after we got married. So I was going to meetings and, and doing my 12 steps and doing the podcast and watching my wife evolve and grow. And I'm thinking to myself, I might have to do a little more growth. You know, I, I might have to expand a little bit, right? So when you say your wife was doing Reiki as a, as a practitioner or as. Well, the thing is the, she was, she's a yoga instructor and that she actually was a, as a practitioner, she learned a lot of different modalities, but didn't really apply it. You know, she was right. like, she's, she's a learner. She likes to learn things. Right. And I'm not a big learner. I'm a doer. So if something interests me, if I, if it connects with me, I'll just dive into it and just start doing it. Learn on the job. Learn on the job. Just like I did with, the, with the coaching. At some point I recognized that I had, you know, the gifts and the talents, the, uh, of, of being able uh, my intuition and my insight for, for helping people very, very sharp. I don't know where it comes from, but I'll be having a conversation with someone and I'll, I'll know what questions to ask. I'll know how to guide them and instruct them in a, in a loving, in a loving way. And your love and passion and... All, all of it, all of it stemmed again. It, it came from my, the compassion and the empathy and the love that first developed in the rooms, right? The, the, for the addict that's still suffering, so to speak. Anyway, as we're going along and I'm watching her grow, there's a, there's like something inside of me that's, that's pushing me to evolve and grow further. And so two things happened around the same time. Uh, a friend of my wife's, um, and my wife's name is Marcella. Okay. Just in case. So I'll just say Marcella. So Marcella has a friend who, um, went to an ayahuasca retreat. And when she came back, she was raving about how amazing the results were. It was so, it was healing and it was beautiful and it was impactful. And so my wife, uh, so Marcella comes to me and she's like, I want to go to ayahuasca. And I was like, what's ayahuasca? Right? That was going to be my question. Yeah. She's like, I go, what's, what's ayahuasca? And she goes, you got to check it out. So I did a little bit of, I did a little research on ayahuasca. I was like, Whoa, you know, this is psychedelics. This is not allowed. This is not allowed. <laughs> yeah. So I went and talked to my sponsor. He's like, that would be a relapse. That would be a relapse if you, if you, you know, so you have to think about moving forward and something like this. So I was like, no way, no how I'm not doing it. So I told my wife, mm, let's, let's hold off on this for a bit. For right now, it's a, it's a no. She's like, okay. At the same time, at the same time, she was going to an NLP workshop. Okay? And, it, and it was the first time that I had told her, hey, can I go with you? I'd love to 
Oh, I've cool. heard, I've had a couple of podcast interviews where I've talked to some guests. They've talked about NLP and how amazing it is. It's a, it's a workshop. Let me just see. Weekend workshop. It was amazing. It was, it blew my mind. It was everything I ever wanted to learn. It was a what way. What is NLP? Can you? NLP, and NLP is neuro linguistic programming. It's a coaching Platform. It's a method. It's a method of, of, of coaching people. It's programming where it it's sounds ominous. It's programming neuro, which is brain. So linguist. using language. You're using language to Programming the person's brain with your language. Well, if you think about it, we were all programmed with language. We were all either put in front of a television set and got programmed. We were there put in churches or synagogues or wherever, programmed. We go to school, programmed. It's all programmed through language. So it makes sense that if I got programmed, traumatized, okay, um, whatever things happen. Programming to, isn't necessarily a negative word. It's no, program, just a bad program. It's it's programming. Some a bad program. It's it's not good or bad. It is. We are all every single one of us is programmed. Period. And being programmed. And being programmed consistently on a daily basis. That's so why we're doing this to program people. That's why people. we're doing this. So <laughs> the, this is a program. <laughs> right. So ultimately, I, w- I, I took the workshop, neural brain, linguistics, language, and programming, right? I, m- the way that I describe most of us is we're supercomputers, okay? We have a hard drive, we've got software, we've got memory, okay? We've got, we're connected to a cloud, <laughs> right? And so we can download, yeah. okay, we can upload, whatever the case may be. And so- but it- this was before ayahuasca. You were in the NLP at this stage. This is, this is. You didn't know about the cloud. Prior ayahuasca, <laughs> I learned about the cloud when I was in ayahuasca. And so ultimately, as soon as that weekend was over, I said, this is it. And I signed up for one-on-one coaching with Fabian, the instructor. I signed up for the, the practitioner certification. So I went to, my wife and I both got certified as NLP practitioners. I coached with him one-on-one. I had a massive, massive breakthroughs with him. And from that moment, dove right into my coaching practice. Within a, within a few months, I launched uh, my coaching program, and that was in 2000, January 2018, right? And so somewhere, I think we met in 2019? Mm-hmm. I think okay. early 2019. So early 2019, it was you and I uh, met when you joined me on the Share Podcast. Uh, you told me about Mic Drop, went down, recorded my Mic Drop, which is on Goldcast and still continues to get amazing. You know, it's like millions of views, millions of views. It's, it's nuts, right? Like every once in a while they'll repurpose it or re- repost right. it and I'll get, you know, messages and it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and then, um, one of my coaching clients, uh, in 2018, in 2018, close to the end of 2018, I had a coaching client that we could not break through. It was just the, the, the level of trauma, the level of programming was deep, was deep. Okay. It was like hard coded and we couldn't make the kind of breakthroughs we were looking for. And so he told me he was going to Costa Rica where I live to do ayahuasca arrhythmia. And I said, great. Can't wait to hear all about it when you get back. So he gets back. I get on a call with him. It's a different human being. I'm talking to a 
entirely different person. This person is gregarious and charismatic and filled with joy and gratitude. And I'm watching, I'm like this, <laughs> watching this guy. Cause I'm like, who is this guy? And he walks me through his whole experience, through his whole journey. And he's like, Omar, I've never experienced something so powerful, so healing, so amazing in my life. I am going to do this again. This is going to be a part of my life. And he's crying. I'm crying. It's super powerful. Right. I get off the call with him. Just, walk- just for background, how, how long were you working with him before this breakthrough? At least a good four months, maybe four or five months, something of that nature. See, enough time to know that oh, this guy's, enough time this guy's stuck. He re-upped. Like we'd gone through one of my coaching packages. Yeah. He signed up again. Right. We, you know, we're, we're coming at it from every angle, from the mother, from the father, from the childhood, from the aunt, the uncle, from the <laughs> this, from the that, you know, and, and, and nothing, you know, we're seeing it. But there is no emotional connection to it. Right. And so when he gets back, he said, I get off the phone with him. I walk over to my wife's office where she's at at the time. And I said, before I change my mind, book the ayahuasca retreat. And she goes, what? I go, what I witnessed, what I just witnessed is undeniable proof that this works. And not only does it work, but it's, it's not, yeah, it's how it works. Of course it works, but it's so profound. Like what you were talking about, you, what you were describing to me, I witnessed it the before and after. Right. Right. So that was in late 2019. Um, and then we booked our first ayahuasca journey together, January, 2020. And that is where everything changed. Everything changed in my life. Um, all the 12 step, all the years of 12 step recovery, all the years of, of, of mentoring and, and, and guiding men, uh, the, the, the year that I had spent learning to coach and coaching people as a profession and, and, and launching my career, being coached, going to UPW for the, uh, Tony Robbins, uh, Tony Robbins unleashed the power within all of these things, my addiction, everything came together in one night. And for me, it was like a montage of my entire life. And Mama Ayahuasca was just kind of showing me how each step of the process was necessary so that I could become the man that I am today. The only way that I am able to help people, guide people, impact people is because I had to go through a a, a tumultuous, painful um, suffrage. Uh, Life was so hard for me in every aspect, emotionally, financially, uh, relationally, um, every aspect of my life was, was, was challenged. Even though you were, you're, you're talking right before you did ayahuasca, every area of your life was challenged? No, 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 You're no, saying no. during I'm the course of your life. from birth. Oh, right. During the course of your life, everything was thrown at And again, I remember I was in my first ayahuasca journey, just everything was beautiful. Everything made sense. I got it. And my question was, 
why 49 years old? Why why am I getting this now? I could have used this when I was 20. I've tried every drug I've on the tried planet. Every <laughs> drug on the planet. None of it worked. This is truth. This is the truth. And she goes, You needed to go through everything you went through first. Now you get to look behind the curtain. And it's in that moment where you let go of all of it. You let go of the trauma, you let go of the anger, you let go of the resentment, you let go of the why me and poor me and why did I struggle so much and why was I born an addict and why was this? All those questions get answered. Well, so let me go to some more practical questions. Did you speak to your sponsor the second time? After you, after you had that call with the client, you see the before and after video, so to speak, right? You have the before and after experience and... You go to your wife, say, book it before I change my mind. Mm-hmm. Did you call your sponsor? I did. I told him I was, I was doing ayahuasca. And at the time he was like, okay, it already been a couple of years right. since the last time I asked him. I uh, was a little more open-minded for it. He goes, he goes, all right, okay, well, you know, since we've spoke last, I've done my own research on <laughs> it. It's, looks pretty fascinating. Right. Let me know how it goes. I love to know how it goes. So it was, it was almost like, you know, okay. So he wasn't, yeah, 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 yeah. Had he said no, Omar, that's a relapse. Had he given you the same response he gave you previously? What do you think you would have done? I was already committed. You're already committed. I was already committed. You'd seen too much. I'd seen way too much. You'd witnessed a miracle. I literally had witnessed a miracle and there was no way I was passing this up. I was, I was going in. Right. So regardless, I was going in. That was it. Did it immediately change? Did you consider it a relapse when you were doing it? Did it Im- immediately change your relationship with your 12 steps? What was your head going in? Was it, I'm not thinking I'm doing it. I'll figure everything out later or. In no way, shape or form did I consider it a relapse. Not even remotely. Right, While you, I was in the experience. It, it's a funny story though. Funny story. If we, if we're talking about actually in the experience, the first part of it was very, very painful. Okay. It was terrifying and it was dark and I was scared. Um, and at some point I was just, I just felt the urge to, to purge. Right. So there was a lot going on. I don't want to go into all the details of what was happening, but it, let's just say it was that first, the first hour or so hour to two hours of ayahuasca. The first time you can, do can it. Can we take a step me? back for a second? And just in case anyone doesn't know what ayahuasca is, explain it. So ayahuasca at is, its most basic level, at its most basic level. It's, it's a vine and a leaf. The ayahuasca vine and the chacruna leaf that are mixed together into a um, into a tea. They call it a tea, but it's by the time they're done with it, it's more like a syrup. It's something that's cooked for like two weeks. It takes two weeks to prepare it. Shamans are doing ceremony the whole time. All right, and so once the two week process is done, you've got your ayahuasca mixture. The activating ingredient, the psychedelic property for ayahuasca, is DMT. So your pineal gland at the base of your brain uh, releases the most amount of DMT when you're born and when you die. And what this does is when you drink enough ayahuasca, you take the, the, uh, the medicine, right? It allows you to release a very large dose of, of DMT, which is that feeling of death, you know, or birth, Okay. Could, oh, interesting. It's, yeah. it's, it's either or, but it's a very, very powerful thing. Most people feel that sense of death because what's happening is um, ayahuasca is typically associated with the ego death, right? Which allows you, if the, you know, with the ego not present in that, in that moment, 
you're faced with just you, like the true essence of who you are. You get to see yourself. Um, and so while I was under that, when I was in that space, at first, it's... So, it's, so, so when you drink this, it gives you this... When you drink it, what it does is it gives you that... I know you and I have spoken about it a lot, so it's easy for us to kind of brush through it. But for a listener who's hasn't taken it, I want to take them into that experience as much as possible. Not, not too far into the details, but enough that when we say ayahuasca, there's a visual that they have of what's going on. It, well, I don't want to go into too many details because then people have expectations of what to expect. Okay, ayahuasca has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And, the, and for me, generally speaking, the beginning part is, is, the, is the death part, is the part where the, the ego's dying. And um, there's a lot of discomfort in the first parts of it where... I meant the question more practically. So this is the tea that they make. You come into a ceremony... This has been ah, done. Right. Okay, 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 okay. So yes, they they once the tea is prepared, once once ayahuasca is ready, then typically you do it in ceremony. Okay, so there is a ideally there's a maloka, right? You can do it outdoors, right? But typically there's a shaman and there's specific type of music. Ikaros that they sing and they play throughout the ceremony that help you. And from, from where this has come from, right, in the Amazon, what are they using this for, you know, before it was introduced to, to Western culture? It, it's, it's something that indigenous tribes have been doing for years. It's just a part of their culture, okay? Just like mushrooms and um, San Pedro, okay? These are all natural medicines that indigenous tribes have been using for thousands of years. It goes as far back as we can remember. Uh, rape, which is tobacco, working with tobacco, all these different medicines all come in from indigenous tribes. And it's just their way of life. They introduce it to the kids early on. Kids are doing small doses of psilocybin, right? Early on, they're doing it together as, as, as family units, right? As ways of transcending and evolving and, and, and getting, you know, so Downloads. before we go into the experience and the change, so obviously you're someone who's struggled with drugs and alcohol earlier in your life. Yes. What you're doing today, right, with, with ayahuasca, you do not see as the same as what you were doing previously. Just the opposite. By doing, okay, so speak to by that. doing the plant medicine or by doing as much plant medicine as I have, it reprogrammed my brain and part of the reprogramming was correcting the addictive nature of my behavior and it wasn't just drugs and alcohol it's an addictive obsessive compulsive almost behavior towards almost anything you know food uh, social media but if someone were to say the same about this how does this not become addictive how do you know you're not addicted to this how do you know you're not deluding yourself into thinking that a drug is good for you maybe it's good for other people but it's not good for a drug addict there is a dependency nature associated with addiction where I'm dependent on alcohol or dependent on a drug, um, something I have to take either daily or um, on some sort of consistent regular basis. Whereas with plant medicine, there is no consistent or regular amount of usage. And not only is there no either regular or consistent, like there isn't a, okay, so take ayahuasca three times a week for six months, that kind of a thing. 
where it's the effects that it has are so profound that they will last for sometimes for months. Forever. Or forever. Some people go and do ayahuasca one time and they get exactly what they need. They just needed to make a little pivot. You know, they were going down the wrong path. They just needed a little bit of a pivot, right? And then it sends them right on the right course. And then there's other people like myself that work in the medicine. And so, you know, this is where, you know, you're inspired. I don't even know if it's inspired, but it's, it's part of what you're going to be doing moving forward. And the only way to know how to work with medicine, at least from my experience, is to actually take the medicine. To work with medicine. So I, I work with psilocybin. I, I, I work with psilocybin in a therapeutic basis with my clients. So I've tried all the mushrooms, all the different psilocybin that I serve. I've tried all of it. So I know which are the stronger strains, which are the more milder strains, which are the ones that are more ideal for newer clients. Of course, not recommending this for others. Check your local laws. Correct. Correct. I live in Costa Rica, so I'm a little bit more um, relaxed in discussing psychedelics because, you know, I'm not in the United States, so I'm not, I'm not worried about it. My clients come to me, they come to the United, to Costa Rica. That's where I serve them medicine. But ultimately these, there isn't that lingering obsessive nature associated with consumption. You're not thinking about doing mushrooms every day. You don't wake up the next day and go, Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to do more mushrooms. Or, I'm you so seem excited. pretty excited now about ayahuasca. I'm very excited about <laughs> ayahuasca, but it doesn't mean that I want to do ayahuasca right now. Right. <laughs> I, I love the, the therapeutic and the healing aspect of it. But when you're done, you need, you actually need time to process everything that you learned, everything that you experience in that journey. As a matter of fact, the more time you spend away from it until it completely fades um, out of your system uh, is ideal. So you still consider yourself sober? No, I do not consider myself sober. Okay. So thank you for asking. So we're, let's just go in there. Yeah. Right. So you were asking me about my sponsor the first time. Correct. He asked me and I told him I'm doing it. And he was like, okay, let me know how it goes. Right. I told him about the experience and he was like, wow, like that sounds amazing. That's incredible. Right. And so it was good. Well, I had told another member of my 12-step fellowship that I'd done ayahuasca. Oh, you're one of those guys now? I'm like, well, what do you mean? Oh, so now what, did you find Jesus or did you find love or are you now like, so, so what's the deal now? What are you going to do with this information? I felt like, whoa. You're not welcome here. I'm not, I was... It was like intense. I was like, I felt like I was drinking out of a fire hose. I didn't even have time to answer. I didn't know how. I was so elated. I felt so good. And now that's, that's also the thing to remember. We're very open and we're very susceptible to energy. So the more negative energy you're surrounded by right after you do an ayahuasca is not good, which is also important for right. integration. Oh. It opens really you up. opens you up. Brings you into a vulnerable state. So Anything I've, there. I felt judged. I felt criticized. I didn't feel welcome with like, hey, man, like, holy cow, like, what happened? Like, I've heard about this. Like, tell me about it. But what you, were you surprised? What did you? I was very surprised. 
What it was a friend. Have, it was a friend of mine that I no, know for I know, years. But what would you have said to someone prior to witnessing the miracle of your client? What would you have said to someone else in the 12 steps? If you can bring yourself back, you're 10 years in and someone says, hey, I did uh, some ayahuasca and I think uh, next month I'll probably do some psilocybin. It's a great question, Ellie. <laughs> it's a great question. Because if I think about it, I, I might have I acted similar to the way I was greeted. I might have been like, you did what? You did psychedelics? And now you want to come here? And now you're coming in here? Are you picking up a white chip? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, no. A I, white chip is a reference. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I'll just be honest, right? Yeah. If I were to speak honestly, I would most likely have come at him in the same way. Right. I want to come at him in the same way. Maybe he needs what you needed, ayahuasca. For sure. (laughs) No question about it. But the real kicker was, this is 2020, Ellie. January 2020. What happened in March 2020? Right. The world got a little crazy. The world got crazy. COVID hit. My business took, my coaching business took a dive. So I wasn't getting new clients my wife was stressed out. I was stressed out. The Things whole world were was stressed out. The whole out. world was stressed out. We, after the ayahuasca. I was stressed out. I was talking I'm to you sh- once a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> then you were coaching me then. I was coaching period. you yes, then at the I was time. very stressed out. I was coaching. I was coaching you at the time. You were stressed. I was stressed. I didn't let you into my stress because I was coaching you. <laughs> right. Right. So you, you had no idea. And at the same time, I didn't know what to do. I was like, what, what's happening? We just bought, my (laughs) wife and I just bought a piece of land. So we would just bought a piece of land, all excited. We, when we did ayahuasca in January, my wife went online and found this beautiful piece of property, which we now live on, which we built a home on. And we went and just committed to it like immediately. Right. And boom, COVID hits, things are crazy. I don't know what to do. My wife's freaking out. What are you going to do? You got to call all your clients. You got to get them back on board. (laughs) She's freaking, I'm freaking. You know what I decided to do? Another ayahuasca journey. Drink more ayahuasca. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I have time right now. And what happened was the retreat center, um, the place where we went to is called New Life Ayahuasca. So it's... uh, it was an amazing experience, okay? So it's run by a couple, right? And we became friends with them, right? We, I just, that's how I am, you know what I mean? So I became friends with them. And so when things stopped, they had to shut down their retreat. They couldn't, you know, everything stopped. There was no travel, there was no nothing. And so I was staying in touch with them and I invited them on the podcasts. So they each, I interviewed both of them for, for the Share Recovery podcast. Cool. And I didn't discuss that I had done ayahuasca. You just discussed theirs. I discussed their journey in ayahuasca because I really wanted to, to, to kind of bring it out. I wanted people to know about this, right? So I tell my sponsor. So what happened was after the interviews, I said, hey, you know, if you guys, for whatever reason, decide to drink ayahuasca at this time, you know, Marcel and I would love to join you. And he's like, are you serious? And I'm like, dead serious. (laughs) He goes, come on up. Okay, we're not doing anything. We'll we'll do a private ceremony, the four of us. Yeah. And I was like, 
Oh, here we go. This is, it's, it's happening. Well, I call my sponsor. I'm like, you won't believe this is great, blah, blah, blah. I interviewed them and then, God, we're going to go do ayahuasca. He goes, you're going to do ayahuasca again? I said, yeah. He said, you should check your motives. I go, what do you mean check my motives? He goes, why are you going so soon, right? And I felt it, you know, I felt, I felt the judgment. I felt right. the criticism. And listen, granted, great question. Thank you for asking me that because, you know, I'm looking at it from my own vantage point. I'm looking at it from my own experience of what I know to be true. And as much as I know that 12-step recovery works, I know ayahuasca is a next level works. So boom, we go up, we do ayahuasca with them. And I have another amazing, amazing, amazing journey, right? And my wife has an amazing journey. And I'm still trying to work out my deal. Like, what about my future? What about my, what your am I recovery gonna, life, your recovery podcast, your recovery community? Um, yeah. <coughs> what's, yeah what what's, and so the, the one that was the most impactful was that was number, we'd gotten up to number four. And then my wife was, she's like, I'm good for right now. And I got invited to a fifth ceremony. And that's the one that was the game changer for me. So speaking from my own experience and from my own work, it was in May of 2020, which means that would have, that's the, I would have been celebrating. And it's still at the time I would consider myself sober. So celebrating 17 years of continuous sobriety. And I went in and I was like, I'm struggling with money, mama. I'm talking to, I'm under the medicine <laughs> and I'm like, I'm struggling with money. I'm struggling to survive for my family. This, Can you explain the mama reference? So mama ayahuasca is the, when we, when we talk about medicine, psilocybin is considered the child, mushrooms, uh, San Pedro and, and uh, mescaline peyote is more, masculine and then ayahuasca is more feminine okay so most people will refer to ayahuasca as mama or the grandmother okay so i from the first ceremony always could hear her i could hear this female it's also consistent voice. with where it's come from right cactus often comes to desert mountains things like that which is associated with the more masculine parts of the world plant nature the womb of the earth right that where plants come from, Mother Nature. Well, Mama is Mother Earth. Yeah. Is really, that's what we're talking about here. And so I developed a relationship with Mama Ayahuasca from the very first ceremony. So whenever I would go in, I would be looking for her. Okay. And then at some point, she'd show up, you know. Um, and then I was like, I'm struggling. You know, I'm, 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 it's COVID. So I, I want to explain this point because you're, you're speaking with a familiar tongue, someone familiar with, with ayahuasca. So I just want to draw it out a little bit. This, the sense that one gets when drinking ayahuasca is that there's a, a spirit or an entity. There's that, a, yes. Not all, not all the time, but at times it's an entity that one can, can and does communicate with. Yes. And can ask a question and there's a sense that there's a response that comes back and a relationship and dialogue is formed. 
that's exactly what happened. And that's my experience. And it's been experience for me, not for everyone, right? not for everyone, but for me. And, but you understand that to a listener who's never experienced that, it sounds completely crazy. It, it, for anyone who hasn't done ayahuasca, I'm pretty sure everything I'm saying right now sounds crazy, you know? So. But they see your smile and they want to know. Well, <laughs> yes. It, who's his dentist or who's his doctor? The, the, right? the, who's the, giving him the medicine? Well, it's, it's true. The, the most profound aspect of, of the work is the healing part. The healing part of doing ayahuasca puts the smile on your face. The anxiety, the fear, the trepidation, the overwhelm, this sort of heaviness that we develop over years. It's, it's almost like a burden that we carry over years and years of programming and trauma that happens to every human being. We carry it with us. It weighs us down. It also weighs down our heart. It weighs down our smile. It weighs down our inability to be grateful, express joy, feel enthusiasm. And when you do plant medicine, so much of that just comes off. It just, it's like layers of yourself or layers of heaviness that, that you've been caring for, for, for many, they just start to drop away. It just starts, everything makes sense. And as soon as things make sense, then they stop being a burden. They just become a part of your story and that's it. There's nothing more. Most of the time we carry the story and versus just referring to it. Or we become the story. Or you very become often, the story. And what it does story. is it, you recognize the whole world is a play. You're on Broadway. Okay. And you're stuck in character. You're just stuck. <laughs> Mom was like, you're stuck in character. Uh, get so, out of character. <laughs> so let's get back there. May of right. 2020, you're in your fifth ceremony. Yeah, I mean, my fifth your ceremony. wife says I'm never doing ayahuasca again. Well, my wife's, my, my wife got a message from mama. She's like, you're good for now. Got it. You don't need to come back. So Omar, she, on the other hand, <laughs> he needs more. <laughs> okay. So you come back, fifth ceremony. I come back, fifth ceremony. And I'm looking for mama. And I'm like, mama, this whole COVID thing that's putting a stress on my marriage. I need help. I'm not making enough money, blah, 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 blah. And she comes in and she's like, it's always the same with you, Omar. Always <laughs> worrying about money, your whole life worrying about money, right? I'm like, well, we need it in this physical realm, right? And to not go into the whole sort of details, we got to the place where basically she says, okay, what do you want? How do you want to live your life? I gave her a picture of how I wanted to live my life, which is exactly how I'm living my life right now. And her only response was, okay. What are you willing to do for it? What's your part? And I said, I want to coach. I want to help people. She goes, okay, well, that's it. I go, why is, I go, well, I'm already doing that. She's like, yeah, but I know your motives. And until you commit to your gifts, you have been given very specific gifts and there is no retiring for you. To your dying breath, you're going to be helping, healing, coaching, guiding people. Commit to that, and I'll, you'll never have to worry about money again. What are you going to say, Ellie? <laughs> right. Take the deal. I took the deal, right? I you never get to retire, but you get I to... I committed to a life of service. I committed to a life of service, and, sh and 
from that, that was in May. And then uh, the, the, that month, I can't remember. It was either that. It, well, yeah, it was in the same month I was telling you about that. And we, we were in a coaching session. And I said, hey, can I talk to you a little bit about money, blah, 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 and this and that. I'm struggling. And your response to everything that I said was, oh, you need clients? <laughs> 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 careful what you ask for when you talk to Ellie Nash because he's the rain rainmaker since June since June of 2020 I haven't had to worry about money at all wow okay uh we bought the piece of land and the following we bought that in 2020 we started construction in April of 2021 finished construction in December of of 2021 when we moved in. Okay. And I've been serving, uh, medicine from that, from when we moved into my house in December, 2021, I had two clients already booked to <laughs> right, come to, to work with them, to come to Costa Rica and do medicine. And I've been doing medicine every month, a couple times a month with my clients since we moved in December of 2021, almost a year now. Got it. So, um, you know, even though we speak a lot, there are aspects that I'm hearing for the first time just because of the nature of this, this conversation and the uh, permission it affords me to ask certain questions. What's, what's fascinating is, is how quickly things happen because in the... It's, quantum, the it, it, it's called quantum leaps. There are literally quantum leaps in growth when you do medicine. I mean, you talk, you're talking about this whole change. I mean... Not even three years. Not even three years. This is why when I talk about the 12 steps and being in 12 steps for 17 years and personal development and coaching and all that, nothing, nothing is as exponential in healing and growth and development and programming as plant medicine. You know, one of the things that is instructed before anyone does ayahuasca is a dieta. So it starts about at least two weeks prior to doing any journey. And that's the food that you consume. That's the social media that you consume. That's the TV that you consume. Anything that you consume. What we listen to what we see, what, what we put we, in our body, whatever all you, of it. What, whatever you're able to consume, right? The idea is to cleanse as much as possible, detox as much as possible from anything. For what reason? It's so that you mind, body, spirit, you cleanse as much as possible, mind, body, spirit, going into the experience for a couple of reasons. One is honoring what the process. I mean, when you're doing this for two weeks, all you're thinking about every day is my journey with ayahuasca, what my intention right, is. taking it serious. Be. It's not you're impulsive. Taking, exactly. This is, you want to take it this seriously. This is a medicine, not a drug. This is not, I'm having a stressful day. Let me pop one. This is not... Hey, oh man, I'm struggling. You know what I mean? Hey, you got any spots this weekend for doing a little ayahuasca? No, this is not an appointment that you set. This is something that a month, two months prior to you commit to a ceremony. And then from that moment that you say yes to committing to that experience, the dieta starts where you start 
focusing on the event. You start purging yourself and clearing negativity, negative people, negative thoughts, negative TV. You know, do not watch the news. Stay away from the news. Stay away from 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 topics that are that are that are that are heavy, dense, dark. Right. Wait, so what you're saying is that if someone is where you were at the beginning of recovery. Asking someone to, before you came to any meetings, asking someone to do this stuff wouldn't even be possible. No. You couldn't stay away. So you're saying get a foundation. Get a foundation. And so I'm saying the 12 steps. Is an excellent foundation. Is an excellent foundation because what will happen is you can get a good 90 days in and you will feel, you get 90 days away from, from your drug of choice you, you will feel like a different person. Right. And a lot of things have happened during that time. You've, you've had to cut out certain relationships. Yes. The people you're drinking and drugging with. Correct. You've had to cut out certain, I, in my case, for example, I had to cut out certain eating behaviors in order to, I had to cut out certain work behaviors in order, you know, to stay sober from my drug, which was sex addiction. It just didn't work. It didn't work. To like, oh, let me work till midnight. And then what? Where am I going to eat, eat at midnight? And what state am I coming in? Um, to my home, you know, one, one thirty in the morning. So oftentimes they all kind of went together. And when I started getting sober, it's like, okay, one of my behaviors that I, I checked in on was if I stayed later than six 30 in the office, I had to let my sponsor know, mm. Just, Hey, there's something going on four nights in a row. There's something going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it didn't work. It didn't work. There needed to be structure. Hey, I'm starting at a normal time. I'm ending at a normal time. Every once in a while, there's an exception. So, you know, that feeling of getting drunk on food, it doesn't look like it, but I don't get to that state anymore because if I'm drunk on food, I want to get drunk on something else. So it's a lot of those behaviors you're talking about. You're saying, get all of that cleared away, come into the ceremony with reverence, with respect, understood clearly. But the way you're talking about it doesn't sound like it's specific to the 12 steps. Is there something you have, not the fellowship and meeting in group, because I, I get the sense that there's, not sense, I mean, you said it clearly, that there's something specific there that you weren't able to stay attached to. But what about the messages of step one, step two, step three, step four, those things? Is there's, do you hold those in high regard and high esteem today? Or do you feel like it served its purpose? I'm done. Both. Both. I hold the 12-step the process is a gift. I look at it as absolutely a gift. It's something that anyone who needs support, guidance, help, accountability can get it for free. Okay. And not only can they get it for free, but it works. If you commit yourself to the process, it absolutely works. All 12 steps. Okay. You go in with the idea that I'm going to complete. The okay. So you're not saying... Hey, get sober for three months. Go do ayahuasca. You don't even need the rest of the 12 steps. Absolutely not. I would say if, if that's the process you want to go through, you would get into 12 steps, get yourself a foundation. Okay. Once you're feeling and far enough removed from the drugs, you've already ideally gotten a sponsor and started working a few of the steps. Are you telling your sponsor, hey, I'm preparing for an ayahuasca ceremony? Well, I, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> the word I used when we started was ideally... Ideally, if there was a way to do it um, in a therapeutic way, which would be, okay, so my goal is to get prepared for ayahuasca. So I'm going to do X, I'm going to do work this much. I'm going to do, I'm going to work these months. I'm going to show up to meetings. I'm going to meet with my sponsor. I'm going to stay away from people, places, things, X, Y, Z. Go into the 
ayahuasca experience and then come out and continue with the 12 steps to finish those 12 steps. In the course of that, I would venture to say that easily you could do at least one more ceremony, if not two, prior to finishing all your steps. But there's a, there's, in order for that to happen, there's going to be a fundamental shift that takes place within the 12 steps itself. Well, this is, what we're, this is why we're having the conversation, Ellie. We're having so, what's conversation. That, so what's that message you want to send? The, the message I'm trying to say is that you can mix ayahuasca or plant medicine with any modality. You want like a triple A. Any, yeah. AA know. plus ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> a new program. Or, or NAA, you know. Right. I would say NAA, right? right. Narcotics Anonymous Ayahuasca. <laughs> because, and it, again, any modality that allows you to start doing the work, which is emotional work, programming work, right? Where you can start healing from a practical perspective Introducing plant medicine as part of this continuum. So, so what is it? Because obviously, so in an ideal world, you would have a program that, that incorporates a, both. That incorporates both, so that your sponsor can can walk you through it. He's already obviously done ayahuasca, right? So he understands the twelve steps, understands ayahuasca. Like I could typically, I could do that. You know what's like, ironic is that. You know, some listening to you may think the resistance to ayahuasca comes from the fact that it's a program abstaining from a substance, AA or NA or alcohol. Or All of it is abstaining from a substance. Right. Or substances. But, um, having been part of a sex program, right, a sexual recovery program, um, I don't know that there's much of a difference. I'm not sure that the um, group there, the, the groups there would be that much more supportive of plant medicine journeys than an AA or NA, meaning there may be something fundamental to the like 12 step programs itself that has an inbred resistance to plant medicine modality. And maybe it's because everything originated from AA, all the 12 step programs originated there. Maybe there's something else. What do you, what do you think about that? Uh, for that, I'll just shift into dogma. Okay. So in, in modalities, we'll just use AA, but you know, you could you could also use religious dogma. Whenever there is a modality that is already in place, and there's actually rules, or um, there's the twelve steps and the twelve traditions. Traditions, okay. So in those twelve traditions, there's already. The, um, and I can't remember which numbers there are, but specific about we do not allow outside influences to, you know, we, we don't welcome right. outside influence or outside information, right? right correct. This is specifically 12-step and there's nothing else. So just in the literature, just in by design, it's meant to be... Um, well, I'll play devil's advocate because I know what you're referring to. Right. At one point in time, I read a great book on recovery and I went to the, um, the guy in my meeting who handled that aspect of it, buying the books and making it available for sale. And I said, Hey, this is a great book. It helped me so much. Why don't we make it available for sale or to give from, right. from the book, you know, the, the gift shop here. And he's like, Oh no, no, only what's in recovery. Oh, we only offer. Mm -hmm. 
great, right? I, when he said it, I agreed with it, but that doesn't mean that I can't come in and say, hey, you know, I read this book, The Body Keeps a Score by Bessel van der Kolk, and it helped me so much dealing with my trauma from child sex abuse. People would be, okay, be amazing. But if I came in and said, hey, you know, I was in Costa Rica this weekend and had this amazing ayahuasca experience, I'm like, I imagine I would get some like, hey, time's up in that meeting. So I understand what you're saying about the, my point in saying that is, yes, there are those things to protect the 12 steps, which could do things like limiting what's in the bookstore, but not limiting the books we read (laughs) and the books we talk about. Where and, and this is the same way. Don't come in and t- I don't want to know about your psychologist that you're using in program because that worked for you. But there's the allowance within it that allows for w- built into the 12 steps are certain things to protect itself. Yes. But it doesn't have to be used in the way you described. That's what I'm saying. Meaning there is a step that's to me that someone is taking it behind past the letter of the law. If we're saying, yes, in this room, we're not recommending no outside influence. Don't, don't talk about which political opponent you're, you're voting for. Don't talk about. Um, yeah. But even like you just mentioned, the body keeps score. Okay. That's okay. They won't have bring, an issue. If you, bring, if, 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 if you put it in the bookstore. That or if you, if, if, you, if you share about it in some cases in, in, in certain, certain, I've been in certain fellowships where, you know, I can't remember what I've mentioned. I, and I'm pretty sure it was a book that I read. Right. And you get the, the sort of, the, 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 the eye roll, like, Hey, we only talk about the big book. We only talk about the big book. Right. Oh, okay. Now listen, fine. So you're saying that's a dogma. Okay. I haven't been to fellowships like that because I have, right. That's what, you know what, you know what it could be is that I'm kind of several fellowships removed from AA and I've seen, I've been to a few AA meetings and in there, there's a certain, um, it, there's a certain structure and rigidity and, um, also reverence and sacredness is a lot that I appreciated about it, but like, this is the program and all those other programs. Yeah. Okay. Like we're okay with them, but this is the real one. This is the real one. And right. so it, listen, as human beings, this is part of being human. Okay. Well, part of being human is not just being programmed, but programming. Once we've been programmed, we become the programmers, okay? <laughs> and we get very good at programming other people as this is the only way. This is what's going to save your life. If you do not, you know, keep coming back, if you don't observe the 12 steps, if you don't give back in service, you will relapse. You will. It's, so it's, again, it's, it's dogma. It's fear-based. It's, it's, it's. Um, exclusive, right? And so, my point being, and an I, and this is this is another reason why I said, here you go. I drank. I here, did, here I, my chips. I, back. I, I'm here. This is I'm, no longer I'm, my. This identity. is going to go viral. If, I'm, here's all my chips. I I'm free. I'm free to to go explore and experiment the world the way in the way that is called to me. Right. Okay? I came here for this fellowship to be free from drugs and alcohol. Yes. I am now. I am. I don't need all the other rest. Oh, I don't need all the rest that you want to put on my plate and say, you're labeled this, you're labeled that. This is forever. This, you got to call this person for, Hey, I'm free. 17 freaking years. I hadn't had a drink. 
I'm going to try something new here because I'm still struggling in my life. There's still something in your life that wasn't working. I was struggling tremendously, Ellie. And it wasn't in the sense of, thank God, I was not um, depressed or I was not melancholy in the sense of a lot of my clients, what they suffer from is apathy. They are so disgruntled and unhappy with their lives. And it's not like they're doing anything wrong or if they're, you would think that based on what they have, family and success and that they would be, they would, they would feel the way that they always wanted to feel or hope that they would and they don't. So there's this, what, the, what I have come to find out is that most people reach a certain level of success inauthentically. They did it not being themselves. They did it following the guidelines that were programmed into them. And then at some point they reached it Mecca. It to fit. They, they, they reached where they were, they were right. going to go and okay. they go, it now what? Exactly. And I mean, I've shared about that is that when uh, I've made a certain amount of money and hit certain financial goals, um, how disappointed I was and how, how much of a downer. I was like, this is it. This, this is what I've been fighting for. This is what, this is the path that I was told is going to bring me so much. Well, here I am. And it, listen, that good. I had spent my whole life focused on making money. And now that I'm in a place where I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life, it doesn't register. Like I go every month, I look at my numbers. I'm like, hey, honey. We can do more. Look, look what we did this <laughs> month. I go. And when I say we, we, can do, do, we can do more, we can serve more. Yes. yes. We can buy a bigger home. But the, exactly. The thing is that. And host ceremonies. Having, having the money is not. It's not the, it's not the, that's not going to provide you with the feeling, right? It's finding yourself in this journey. That's really the point. We come here, we're born and we have no idea why we're here. Why did I come here? Who am I? What am I doing here? For, for many of us, this place sucks. It's so hard. It's difficult, right? Everything about it is so tough. And the, the, what I have come to experience, which is the most beautiful aspect of the plant medicine, I found myself. I found me, who, who I am, what my purpose here is, what my gifts are, right? What I'm supposed to be doing and why. And so everything is joy. You know, I'm here in Florida staying with you in your beautiful home joy right i'm with i'm out at at a wedding last night with people that are just like me okay they were smudging at the wedding and then some of you don't know what smudging is but it's basically take some incense right and you smudge with a feather right so you cleanse someone they're drinking cacao they got this cacao concoction going into the ceremony it was a beautiful lesbian couple you know getting getting married absolutely gorgeous in a beautiful setting, both parents. And mind you this, one of the girls, the parents is Jewish and the parents were there and her family's there. Everyone's super supportive. And I've recognized that the more medicine that I do, the people that I'm surrounded with 
are quantum leaps. They're, they're quantum leap people that are evolved, that know themselves, that have found themselves. And the invitation, the invitation to do plant medicine is not just to heal and get these amazing downloads and get guidance, but it's to find yourself, man, is to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and go, that's me. That's what, you know, when, when you're saying your story now, and like I said, I'm hearing it in a different way than um, I typically hear from you, even though we talk a lot and know each other well, is that through the 12 steps, you found sobriety, you found structure, you found ba- balance, you found, not balance so much. Accountability, Accountability more than anything. I needed somebody to hold my feet to the ground, or hold my feet to the fire. I needed that back but, then. Go but ahead. with it, you also got saddled with labels. Yes. And dogma. Yes. And control. Right. And just what humans do, right. And just what humans do to systems. Correct. And then eventually past that, you were, to borrow your word, you were invited into the world of plant medicine. Yes. And from there, what you found is yourself. And from there, there's no going back. There is no going back. I have no fear of the relapse. That's gone. I don't worry about who you are. I don't wake up. There's nothing in my life where, I used to think, oh my God, if I ever have a drink again, what will my life be like? Like there's that, that little, as, a, as an addict, you always think to yourself, I know I'm not going to drink or I know I'm not going to use, but if I did, oh my God, it would destroy my whole life. Like there's that fear, right? There's nothing to fear. I'm, I'm not in any, there's nothing in my, the only person that I, I have to fear is myself, Like if I decided to train wreck my marriage and destroy my coaching practice and, you know, just do another epic reset in my life, just like I did 20 years ago when I got sober in 2003, when I got sober in 2003, I had lost my business, lost my marriage, was broke, was emotionally disheveled, praying for death. I was not at, I was not at zero. I was at negative 20. I had nothing. I had to completely rebuild my life. The only thing that was left was my daughter that wasn't even born yet. And she was my, she was my anchor. She was my rock. She was my angel that God sent. And she was born is when you got sober. When I saw her face and I held her in my arms, I knew I was going to be Okay. Like I knew, I looked at her and I said, oh, I'm going to be okay. Because this, this kid, she's not getting some drug addict, alcoholic, useless, you know, whatever that I chose to call myself at that time. And that was when my work got serious. I, my whole life changed. The 12 steps changed my life. I was able to become an incredible father right? Now I'm married. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Marcella, right? Everything has shifted and changed. I have everything to lose, Ellie. Like now it's not like, okay, I'm going to go in and do ayahuasca or 12 steps. I got nothing to lose, right? Today in my life, there's a lot in this realm, the the physical (laughs) realm, the physical world that, that those of us that have done ayahuasca know it's a realm. It's, okay? it's the matrix. Okay. And in this matrix, I like, I like my life in this matrix. Right. But I tell you this, I know this, if something happened 
and my business went to shit and I lost my wife and uh, I was at rock bottom again. The first thing was like, okay, mama, what's next? What are you trying to teach <laughs> me? Cause I'm uh, let's go. I mean, obviously, obviously it's, 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 it's go time again. It's, right. it's, I'm going to have to recreate and rebuild myself. Right. But there's no fear. Right. I know that if it happens, it's because I needed to evolve. And currently in the, in, in, in the space that where I'm at, it's impossible for me to take that next quantum leap because I'm way too attached to my life. Right. Like literally. We should do a podcast. It's a different one, but the never ever, the never ending evolutions of the ego. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, never and, ending. Never ending. Never ending. And the ego is as <laughs> sneaky and diabolical <laughs> as it's so sneaky, so diabolical. Right. It, 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 it's a shapeshifter. Okay. <laughs> you never, ever, ever see him coming, but his goal, and this is what I've learned is to isolate you and get you alone. So when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm feeling, um, yeah, overwhelmed and exhausted and like, I have thoughts like, I don't know if I can be a coach anymore. I don't know if I can take this. I can't do one more client. I'm too exhausted. It's in that moment where, oh, wait a minute. I've separated from my spiritual practice. I've disconnected from my spiritual practice. I'm running on my own batteries. I'm running on my ego. And my ego's got me alone. My ego, he wants to cripple me and crush me and get me to do things that are not good for me. So there is a very, very, for me, so speaking of plant medicine, one of the things that, that I've learned in ceremony is the importance of daily prayer and meditation. You could have gone to the 12 steps for that. I could have gone to the 12 <laughs> steps for that. Okay. And I still could go to the 12 steps. I could go to religion for that. I could go to religion for that. That's true. Right. But guess what I do? I go to spirituality for that. Right. No, what I meant is, is that you could have gone to the 12 steps to learn that because one of the 12 steps is sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact. Yeah, step God. 10. Right. Step 10, which is, 11. that's, uh, is it 11? You're getting rusty. Oh, no, you're right. Getting rusty. Okay, thank you. It is step 11. <laughs> thank you. But through that one, what is it? 10, 11, and 12 are your maintenance, maintenance steps. steps. Yeah. Okay. And so what you'll find is that regardless of its religion or 12 steps or if it's that's even plant necessary. medicine, yeah. Daily prayer and meditation keeps you connected to divinity. Remove it and it connects you to ego. And there's, there's the simple, there, there's the 101 basics on the morning routine and to keep yourself grounded and keep yourself connected, prayer and meditation. Beautiful. I want to end on this. If you were talking directly to um, your sponsor or the other fellow who had, um, not reacted well when you said you were either embarking on or continuing on the ayahuasca path, the plant medicine path. What would you tell them today if they were listening right now? What would you say? I would say I totally understand, you know, and it's interesting that it takes so many years to get to this point, but you asked me a question at the beginning, right? Which is, if you were in their shoes and someone had come to you with their experience, what would you tell them? And up until then, I hadn't put myself in their shoes. I think to a certain degree, I was still feeling the tinge of judgment 
right? And maybe I would have said, you don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) Or, ha ha. (laughs) I'm cool, man. Nothing (laughs) happened, right? But now I would say I understand completely. I understand completely because there is a part of being in 12 steps that if you are not 100% in and 100% committed, you will relapse. And if I allow myself to indulge the thoughts of something that goes contrary to what I've learned in 12 steps, then the teaching is push it away, reject it. Right. This is, this is not going to so, help so me. What, what would be the message to them? Not in terms of any resentment or, or bad feelings you had about them, about, I mean, clearly you think that, not think you have, your life is so much better than it was three years ago when you embarked on the path. So what would your message be to them to say, Hey, like, let me in on, let, let me let you in on this secret. I understand where you're at. I mean, that could be the beginning of the message, right? I understand where you're at and why you would think that, but what would, what would your message? Oh, be? my message would be for both of them that I know you both so well. We've known each other for many, many years. Uh, not just my sponsor, but the other guy that, that I brought this to. Um, and I invite you with every fiber of my being and with so much love and honor for the medicine that it will heal you in ways, my brothers, that you can't even imagine. You would, if you've ever considered it, allow yourself, allow yourself an opportunity to heal and change your life in a way that you can't imagine. It's a quantum leap. And I I say this to them, but I would say this to anyone in a 12-step fellowship who's heard the word ayahuasca, who has heard about psychedelic-assisted therapy, and has, I'm sure, heard wondrous, wondrous, miraculous stories about people's healings. If you feel called to it, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I want to end on, uh, on this story because, you know, I'm sure there's people listening, some who see where you're at, but some who have all the programming of the 12 steps and say, watch, he's going to relapse. Watch. Like he's taking a drug in just a matter of time before the allergic reaction kicks in and he's playing with fire with Mm -hmm. drinking and everything else. So, um, I'll share this story. Um, uh, someone told me of a sponsee of his who decided to drink wine in a religious setting that had come from a holy rabbi. And it's without going specifically into the practice, this guy was in AA, was attending a Jewish ceremony. There was wine, which is often part of Jewish ceremonies. It was from a specific rabbi, had some holy connotations, sacred connotations to this group. He drank some of that wine and he asked the sponsor, did I relapse? And he asked me, what do you think the answer is? So I had the opportunity to think about, okay, what, I, what answer I would give to this question. And he said, well, let me tell you what happened. And he says, well, I wasn't sure. I was his sponsor, but I wasn't sure. 
So I asked my sponsor. And my sponsor wasn't sure, so he asked his sponsor. And on and on we go, right, several levels up, and eventually the verdict comes from the grand, great, grand maestro sponsor, right? Son, you have relapsed. Like, oh, damn, I've lost my identity, right? And, you know, and it, what he, he was, I, I was told this story as a way um, to illustrate why the sponsorship is so important. Um, and I agree that sponsorship is so important. It's huge. It's massive. And without it, the 12 steps would fall apart very quickly. However, it's not the highest value and it's not the highest truth because your sponsor is human. Who's going to another human is going to another human. So I said, do you want to hear what I would have told him? So he said, no. <laughs> I said, well, I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> You're not a sponsor. You don't get to talk. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. So I said, it's a joke, but there's a story of a couple who goes to a rabbi um, and they say, can you help us settle this dispute we're having? And he says, sure, what's, what's going on? So they say, um, and I heard this story from Yossi Jacobson, Rabbi Yossi Jacobson, who I had had on the podcast a few months back. And he says, okay, the rabbi says to the husband, what would you like to name your son? He says, oh, I would like to name my son Moshe after my grandfather. And he says, and what would your wife like to name her son? Your son. She would like to name him Moshe after her grandfather. So, well, it's the same name, right? He's like, yes, but it has to be after my grandfather. He was a really good guy. Her grandfather was terrible. <laughs> Just a terrible human being. We cannot name someone after grandfather. So the rabbi says, I have to think about this one. This one's a tough one. Let me go into my study. I'll come back in a few minutes. Comes back out a few minutes later and he says, I thought about it. And I know what to do. Go home and name your son Moshe. And when he's older, he'll tell us who he's named after by his behavior. Ooh. The point is, right? Like right. The point like is, that. and the point of that story is, you don't have to make an argument. You don't have to make an argument. We'll just see. And we will know. Was it a relapse? Let's find out. The thing is that... More than anything else, it's an undescribable knowing of peace. It's how I know that I have nothing to fear. I have nothing, I have nothing to fear. Relapse, whatever other thing that somebody might want to. And again, this is coming from a perspective of, this is coming from a place of fear, right? For me to hold on to what I deem to be true and real, when someone circumvents the system, that's dangerous to me because I might think that maybe I can get away with it too. So I understand where they're coming from as oh, far as- Oh, there are risks in this. No, there's, there's no a risk. Okay. There's, risks. there's a safety that comes from there, right? There's safety in prison. More than anything else- it, it, if someone was like, watch, he's going to relapse. I send love to them. I send, sure. And, I and that was the point of the story. And that was the same thing I yeah. was telling that kid is we don't have to ask the great, great grand sponsor yes. if he relapsed. Let's just watch his behavior right. over the next few months. And we'll know, was that part of his drinking behavior 
If it was, it will continue to express itself and we'll say, hey, that was evidence of one of the times and we'll dissect it or it won't be. And he'll be doing great and he'll answer the question himself. We don't need to call the great, great grand sponsor. And that's what I'm saying here. The same thing is you will answer the question yourself. And those who have questions can see the life you're living and maybe they'll need to say, okay, he's been on the path for three years. That's not enough for me. But if it hits six, then I'm convinced. And others will say it's enough. What do I email? Omar Pinto coaching at gmail.com. And that's all I got to do to find out more. Go to my website, (laughs) go to Omar, Omar Pinto.com. Omar Pinto.com has all my social media, contact info, email. That's the easiest way to find me. Um, on that note, thank you so much. It's been great chatting again, and I'm sure we'll uh, maybe one day we'll have that uh, ego conversation. I'm but ready. I love take, you, Ellie. It may take a little longer than this one. <laughs> love you too, Omar.